Okay, that's um, Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. That's Mark 10 verse 45. If we come back a couple of verses just to get a bit of context. It says in verse 42, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. Now verse 45 reads like this. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I want to speak just for a few moments about life. Is it measured by the duration or donation? And just for um, a number of moments, we're going to share um, some th- a few thoughts together. I pray that it will be encouraging, helpful, practical. And then we're going to spend, uh, after I've spoke for a few moments, uh, just a time of just prayer and release as we respond to some of the things that we'll look at together over the next few moments. Life, is it measured by the duration or the donation? And I want to suggest to you that life is measured by our donation. And there's a few things that I want to share as we look at that together this evening. I think many people judge life on its longevity and what you get out of it. You know, a a long life, a life lived well uh, that you've been able to achieve and get and live and do. And um, if, if we look at life, that's what a lot of people would will sort of judge and look at life as being sort of the benchmark for life. Um, a man once uh, went up to a, uh, a well-known psychologist, a Dr. Carl Menninger, and he was once asked, what would you advise a person to do if you felt that you were near to a nervous breakdown? And uh, he, 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 ex- he was expected to reply, um, find a consultant psychiatrist. But what he did was he astonished the person that asked him the question, and he said this. Him, being an eminent psychiatrist and psychologist himself, said this. To their astonishment, he replied, um, lock up your house, go across the rail tracks, and find someone in need and do something to help that person. He wasn't saying that you shouldn't get medical help, so you should. But he was saying this, find someone else and give your life to helping someone else and look outside yourself. It was great advice. It's not the only piece of advice, but it was great advice. And he he astonished the person that asked him this. Um, But basically what he was saying, yeah, do get medical help, do get medical attention, but not only look at your own life, how about looking outside yourself, look to help somebody else. I go further than that. He was basically saying it's about what you give in life, your donation. But I go further than that. I would say not just find somebody else, but find a purpose in life. Find God 
and give our lives to God, the cause of God. And if we can give our lives to something greater than ourselves, God himself, he will be able to help us live the most amazing life. Carl Menninger got it maybe partly right, and there's good in helping others and giving yourself to other things in life. A lot of research has been done. A research has been done upon people who seem to get on well in life. And they found that a lot of people, if you have a cause, if you give yourself to a charity or do something, and this was research that has been done across the board, whether it's religious people or non-religious people, but with people they found that when people found, a lot of people they found that were able to get on well and seemed to prolong their life to some degree were people that actually did something with us when they gave themselves to something like a charity or a cause or the race for life or cancer care or whatever it might be when people find that they give themselves to something greater than themselves it's not just wrapped up in me and myself it seems to be and so psychologists were saying it helps and it helps you do something with your life we go further than that we'll see that it's more to life than that And we're going to look at that in the next few moments. You know, human nature is this. Our human nature, we ask, what's in it for me? I suppose there's nothing wrong with that. But you will ask, if I I ask you to do something, or someone asks you to do something, or your parents, or a friend, or someone, we'll immediately think, if I do this, what's going to be in it for me? What what will I get out of it? Well, that's not wrong to ask the question, what will I get out of it? That's part of our human nature. But there's more to life than what? we get. And uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, today, if you go to, say, someone like Tesco's or Asda, there's the fast track, the self-serve counter. The self-serve counter is designed that you can fast track yourself, get the way through. Um, Obviously, the the Asda Tesco's can save a bit on checkout staff. And at the same time, they get you through the doors pretty quick. You serve yourself, and then you'll come back again just as much quicker, and you spend a bit more. You have the self-serve counter. But we live in a self-serve society. It's it's just we we look at what we can get, and we fast-track our lives on more on what we can get and what we do. But Jesus taught us something more than just on what we get, but on what we give. And in the reading that we've shared tonight, it says, The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. Jesus teaches us a way of life. You know, we've been singing tonight, Spirit Break Out. There is something that we can learn. Our hearts can be prepared for a release of the Spirit like you've never known before. But we've got to do something with our hearts. We've got to make room for the Holy Spirit. And a way of making room for the Spirit of God in our lives is to empty out our hearts. Is, you know, we grab so much stuff in life, and there's not wrong to have stuff, and there's not wrong to get stuff either. But if our lives are so filled with what we get, there's not much room for God. And Jesus taught us something quite amazing. He not only taught, but he modeled. He not only said, but he did. And he is our greatest, greatest example and inspiration for life. You know, watching the Olympics, there's some amazing, inspiring people. Our nation, you know, was it one, is it something like 28 golds, maybe 28, something like that. More golds than we've ever won. And you look at the different people that are not only winning gold, but going for bronze or coming forth. Our, our nation has been, you know, it's been the best Olympics ever. And you look at inspiring people. Many of these people probably have given the last four, maybe eight years of their lives. And you look at some of these guys. There was the one where you saw the two rowers. 
and they came and got silver, but they were just pipped for the gold. They were gold all the way, and in the last few feet, they, and you could see that these guys, they were just blown away with the fact that they just said, we're so sorry we've let everybody down. And these guys have got silver in the Olympic Games. You know, they're in the finals. They've got through about 30 other people. It's incredible. And inspir- we see so many inspirational people, but, you know, the greatest inspiration of the world in our lives, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, you know, when you look at some of the Olympians, you think, wow, that's amazing. And to look towards Jesus Christ, he's, he's amazing. He's incredible. And he taught us some, an amazing way of life. It's an incredible way of life. If the Olympians will give four years, I think Ian Hall was sharing this morning, about people that would give their lives, exercise themselves. Talk about exercising the gifts, Ian, speaking this morning. And he said that if you want to move in prophecy, you've got to exercise with what you've got. you want to move in tongues, you've got to exercise with what you've got. And then he referred to some of these Olympians, four years of training, maybe some of them eight years. Yeah, you know, um, some of these guys, you know, four, you know, four years ago, they were maybe getting sixth or seventh place. This time around, they're getting bronze, and, and they're looking to move forward and, get, and, and exercise themselves in God and go for, go, uh, go for gold, rather, where we're called to go for God, to exercise our faith and go for the Lord Jesus Christ, be inspired and live for Jesus Christ. And he teaches us not what you get out of life, it's what you give. It's not the duration, it's the donation. That's what Jesus teaches when he says that he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. It's about our... His, say it again. It's about the donation. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's phenomenal. It's a way of life that will transform the world, transform your life and transform our church and transform our town, transform our marriages, transform our home, transform the office. If only we could live and be inspired to live the way that Jesus lived. And that's what he calls us, calls us to do. A man called John F. Kennedy, being said that John F. K. Um, was assassinated um, back in the 60s, um, could have turned out to be one of the greatest presidents of the United States. Many people say an incredibly charismatic and inspiring man. His, <clears throat> some parts of his character, not perhaps good. He, he has some of his character, he had, as in with many people, you know, we're made of dust. There were parts of his character not necessarily good. But as a leader, he, he's, um, if you look, Google inspiration and inspirational leaders, he comes up as quite an inspirational leader. John F. Kennedy, in, in an address to the nation, coined some words that when he was speaking about you know, the nation being a great nation in the United States. And he said this, Ask not what can my country do for me, but rather what can I do for my country? You can, you know, you, you can Google some of these. I like to listen to inspirational speeches and people like Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy. I've listened to some of these. You can listen to them free online. And he said, Ask not what can my country do for me, but rather what can I do for my country? In other words, what can I do? What can I give? It's all about the donation. It's all about what we can do and give ourselves to, not what we can get out of life, although we'll get very much. And really, when he was saying these words, he may have, may have not, he may have been inspired by the life of Jesus, but he could have been speaking about the life of Jesus. Not what can you get out of life, but what can you give? But not only what can you give to your country or give to life, but what can I do and give myself to God? That is the ultimate 
sense of donation. In other words, giving to a cause greater than myself. You know, in tennis, I don't know if anybody saw uh, is it Andy Murray won Olympic gold. I mean, that was pretty amazing. Um, only, what, a month or two months ago, there he was dejected and crying at Wimbledon and the newspapers saying, look at Murray crying and all this stuff. And here he is, how he turned his disappointment into an amazing delight. What an amazing guy, Andy Murray. He beats Roger Federer to win Olympic gold. What an amazing guy. But he's been working on his serve for quite some time to get it consistent. You know, in tennis, it, you can play brilliant ground strokes, but uh, also a, 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 a pivotal point in a tennis match is your serve. And uh, he's been working on his second serve and keeping that consistent. He changed his coach to a guy called Ivan Lendl, who, who was, never gave up and worked on his stamina and worked on his serves. Lendl had an amazing serve. Uh, but there's something about that in life, about serving in life. You know, in this game of life, it's learning to serve. Not tennis serve, but to give. To give ourselves to serving God. The ultimate in our lives is to give our lives to God. To give ourselves to him. And this is what the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, did amazingly well. Give to a cause greater than ourselves. Yourself. So many people I find in church life give up. I've met many Christians. Been a Christian uh, 20, I've been a Christian 29 years now. I know. I know. Older than many of you. <laughs> That's frightening. As I look at others, not older than some of you. <laughs> but, and in that 29 years, 20, 22 of them pastoring, serving in the local church. Long be there, maybe many more. I've noticed over the years Christians that give up. Christians who were doing so well in church life, living for God, can sometimes fall by the wayside. And what they do is they look at other people and they look at how other people are with them or how life's been with them or look at life. Maybe a circumstance has come their way. Maybe in church they've looked at church and they think to themselves, nobody sees what I do. Nobody, nobody cares at what I do. Or, or nobody encourages me in what I do. Sometimes if we take our eye off of the bigger picture, the big picture is going for God, giving our lives to God. You know, you don't give your life to the Oasis Christian Center. Although we want people to give their lives to serving in Oasis Christian Center. You do not give your life to following the teaching of uh, Adrian Mancini or I don't know, whoever it is or who's the latest in-face in speaker on the God channel. You don't give your life to them. We give our lives to Jesus Christ. No, you don't give your life to your ministry. I've met Christians that give their lives to doing certain jobs in church. Hey, I tell you what, we do give our lives to serving in church. That's amazing. We want that. But the danger, I've met Christians that they've took their eye off and they've, they've confused giving their lives to church or, or, or following the teachings of a certain pastor, then when they leave, they think, well, he's left me. Or they give themselves to a certain church and think, when that church, something goes wrong, then they've left, it's left me. Or they give themselves to a certain ministry, and then they think, well, how come someone else is now doing it? They've took it off me. We don't give ourselves to those. We give ourselves to those things, but ultimately, we give our lives to Jesus Christ. I found that the bigger picture is the bigger picture in life. 
when I get a dose of the poor old me's, and I'm here on a Monday, usually I get the dose of the poor old me's on a Monday morning. Monday morning for pastors is a funny day of the week because after the weekend and the euphoria or the highs or the lows of the weekend, you go to your study and you sit there thinking about all the stuff that's gone by. Or I might think that nobody saw when I did this or during the week nobody knew when I came and I did. And I, but then I think of other people serving God. I think of what God has called me to and I have to remind myself, you've called me to you. He's called me. God's, I have to, I tell you what, I have got to pinch myself because sometimes I crack up and give up. And some of my friends in the ministry have exactly done that. Some pastors I know are no longer here. I know some. I say, Lord, I've come to serve you. And Jesus did this. He gave himself. He said not to be served, but to serve. He gave himself to his father. You know, and that's the key here. If you look at the text, it says, he says there that, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So first, there's three things there. He came not to be served. It's not what he could get out of life. Do you know what? Jesus is an amazing man, an amazing person, a great teacher. And in the day and age in which he lived, great teachers could really live well. They could really live well because everybody would just love what they had to say and people would flock around you. But Jesus chose not to take, but to give himself. You know, in the world in which we live, uh, human nature is that we like to have people say how great we are. What we're... But he didn't do any of that. It's, it's incredible. He chose not to be served. You know, when he um, washed the disciples' feet and took a towel, you know, today we think, well, that's a lovely story, a beautiful picture. But in the day and age of when he did that, it made all of the other people around him nearly fall off their seats because um, teachers in the East didn't do that. You hung on their every word because they were almost godlike in their teaching. You know, in some parts of society, the religious man or woman is held like a god almost. And Jesus could have been held that way, but he did something to show the heart, the heart of our lives the heart of service, when he took a towel and washed the feet of those around him. He was saying, I've come to serve you, not you serve me. It was, and it still is, amazing. And you know, that's the heart that we're called to. That's the heart of the gospel. You know, when people say, we want the gospel. Well, the heart is, give your heart to God. And then give everything that you have to him. So it's not what we get then to not, he said, not to be served. But so, so it's not what we get. But the second thing is, he says, but to serve, it's what we give. In this, we see Jesus. He says, it's, he came to serve. It's what we give in life. It's what we give, not in life, just in life, but what we give to God. We give ourselves to God. Jesus came and gave himself to his father and he ultimately gave up his life for you and me. And so likewise, it's, not what we get out of life, as we give ourselves to God. And God calls you and I to give ourselves to serve him. And that giving ultimately came in the giving of his life. It says, and he gave his life as a ransom for many. The word ransom means to pay the price to release from captivity. Jesus, it says, paid the ultimate price to release 
human beings from the captivity of sin. The picture there is, it says, it gave his, he didn't come to be served, but to serve, and give his life as a ransom for many. The word ransom means to give, your, to pay the price to release from any um, bond or being tied. The idea is really like a slave. A slave being enslaved and then being bought, their freedom being bought and then being released into freedom. But a slave can't buy their own freedom. You had to have a rich master to release you, you know, in the ancient world. And this is the picture here. It's that we cannot, we are enslaved, human beings are enslaved to the price of sin. Eternal separation from God. You are enslaved, unless you know Jesus Christ, to eternal separation from God. And so Jesus paid the price with his own life so that you and I could be freed from eternal separation from God when we come to trust and believe in him and ask his forgiveness. So we're helpless humans. We are helpless humans who are indebted to the price that Jesus has paid for us. Christ pays the price. And so we see that Jesus gives up everything, his very life, so that you and I can be free. He who came not to be served, but to serve, he serves you by buying your freedom and my freedom with his blood. I could not find a relationship with God, no matter how hard or good I tried and lived a good life, nor could you. But Jesus pays the price and now says, will you give yourself to God? Live, believe in me. Give yourself to me. I've paid the price for you. The ultimate donation is that Jesus gives himself in your place and my place. We read in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, it says that Jesus, if, if you just turn to it just for a second, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 reads like this. It's the ultimate donation. It says in verse 6 of Philippians 2, who being in the very nature of God, this is Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or held on to, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Verse 7, he made himself nothing. That word, made himself nothing, could be translated like this. He emptied himself of everything. Interesting word there, where it says he made himself nothing could be translated, he emptied himself of everything. When Jesus, who had everything and should have been served equal with God and the Holy Spirit, the three, the Trinity, the triunity, this is incredible. He could, it could be totally and is to be served and is to be served. But it says he didn't hold on to that, it says there. Didn't grasp, didn't hold on to it. But made himself, not emptied himself. Let himself be poured out, in other words. He poured himself out. The great Wesleyan hymn says, emptied himself of all but love. It's taken from Philippians 2.7. So Jesus, in serving you and giving his life for me, when he gives, he empties. He gives everything. 
It's like pouring out. I think, was it Andrew last week poured out a water in? Poured it on the carpet in here. Tell you what, it's shocking. Tell you what. <laughs> but it's an idea, but it's a good idea. I tell you, when Andrew did that, it's a good idea because that's exactly what Jesus did. Poured out everything. Poured out absolutely everything for you and me. So we're not called to self-serve. We're not called as Christians to self-serve. We'll be coming to a conclusion in a moment now. We're not called to self-serve. We don't go through life on a quick, fixed, fast, self-service checkout till where everything is about gimme, 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 me, me, me. Although we will get things in life and it's not wrong to have things. It's okay, but that's not what life's all about. We're not called to self-serve, but self-sacrifice. And this is the heart of our faith. We're not to settle for a cheap copy. Don't settle for anything less. You might hear it, see it. You might find other preachers even preach it. But there's nothing less than giving ourselves to serve God. There's no quick fix. There's no fast self-serve checkout. There's no quick fix to, to a one, 10 keys to getting everything for your life and feeding yourself. The very heart and message and the very foundation and heart, the heart of Jesus is he gave it all, pours himself out, And now do you know what? He wants you to give your all. He wants me to give my all to God, to serve God and pour my heart out for him, to him. Not doing lots of things. Please, please, listen. But pour your heart and give yourself to God, to give yourself to him, to serve him. It may lead us to things, but first of all, it's to serve him. I suppose the fear is... If you give everything and pour everything out, we're going to lose everything. Have you ever spoken to a friend and you talk about being a Christian and somebody will say to me, doesn't that mean I've got to give everything up? Doesn't that mean I've got to give up smoking? Doesn't that mean I've got to give up going to the club? Doesn't that mean I've got to stop doing this? Does that mean I've got to give all my money away? Does that mean I've got to give all my time? Does that mean I haven't got time? I can't do all of that. I'm going to give up everything. I will have to give up everything. There's an amazing Principle, And I think this is probably one of the, the things that stops and hinders people, perhaps giving themselves fully to God. And when we do give ourselves fully to God, we trip up along the way. So listen to this. With this, we'll close. Because I believe this is probably the key to continuing. Serving him, loving him, going for God. I've seen so many trip up at this point. Because we think we're going to lose it, or I've lost it, or nobody sees it. But look at this. We find that if we lose our lives for God, hear this carefully, if I lose my life for God, to God, I gain everything in life. If I give everything to God, I gain everything. If I empty myself and make room for God, he fills me with the sense of his love power, forgiveness, and spirit. You know, tonight we're saying, Spirit of God, come and break out. Great song. Great. I love it. What an amazing, incredible truth we've been singing tonight. We're singing that first thing this morning. It, I just, it's amazing. It makes me feel great as I sing that. And let say, Spirit, break out of my life. But you've got to make room for God. <laughs> if he's gonna, our lives are so full of so much stuff. So Jesus poured out. If you, but if you make room, God can pour in. It's amazing. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, the Apostle Paul speaks about what you reap so you shall sow. 
If you sow sparingly, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, there's a principle of reaping and sowing. And this is a great principle for life. It says, what you sow, you shall reap. What you sow sparingly, you shall reap sparingly. And what you sow generously, you will reap generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It's an amazing principle for life. So I find this. When I give everything to God, he gives everything to me. If I don't hold back myself from God, 2 Corinthians 9, the principle says, if whatever I give my life to God, he seems to give everything back but more. You know, we're told in a recession, boom and bust, spend more, get more. I would say, God says, give more. Oh, that wouldn't go down well, will it? Hey, can you imagine? I would not be everyone's best mate to say that. Let's give more to get ourselves out of a recession. We're being told, spend more to get more. But I'm not saying give more to get more, but give ourselves unreservedly to God unashamedly because what I give he seems to give back so much more if you are serving him loving him don't be disillusioned if people don't see you God sees I say if you are serving him and loving him I tell you whatever you give God he will so give so much more back into your heart your life and through your life to achieve so much more in this world in which we live A self-centered life is so full of me and things. An empty life allows God room to move and flow. Self-centered life is so full of me and my and I and stuff and things. And it's not wrong to have things. But a life emptied, a life given to God, allows him to have room to do whatever he wants. It's the easiest step in life. No, it's not. It's a challenging one. Because if it was easy, we'd all do it straight away. It's a challenge. But this is the heart of the Christian message. Because why? It's the way that Jesus lived. It's the heart that Jesus had. And it's the heart that he wants us to lay hold of right now. Give yourself, give myself to him. That's the first thing. Give ourselves to a cause greater than myself to something bigger than what we can see around us. God is bigger than buildings, programs, disappointments. I say that not easily. God is bigger than disappointments. I do not say that easily because tonight some of us are very disappointed. But I'm telling you, God is bigger. God is amazingly bigger. He's the cause that is greater than you and the cause greater than I. Give ourselves, let's give ourselves to a cause God, let's give ourselves to God, someone greater than I. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life. And that's what God wants from you. And that's what God wants from me. In a Song of Solomon, chapter 1. In chapter 1, we read some words. It says, draw me to you and we will run together. Different translations, I've put it in different ways. I can't remember the exact verse uh, at this moment. Come to me later. But it's found in chapter 1. It says, draw me unto you and we shall run together. And God does something amazing. When we give our lives to God, he draws us to him. And then we have a strength in our lives to run and go for God. Some of us are doing stuff for God. And, you know, you're working hard. And I say, thank God for you. But energize your life. Let's give ourselves to him. If you are feeling down and disillusioned, nobody sees what you're doing. Perhaps you don't, you're, not, you're not feeling that life's turned out the way you wanted. 
just remind yourself, I'm serving you, God. I remind myself, if you're at work, doing something at work, and you think, no, my boss doesn't see this, then do it as if you're serving God. You know, in your marriage, in your home, and you find your husband or your wife or your kids or somebody saying, you're not doing, I don't, they're not giving you the, um, the recognition, perhaps, then live your life as if you're serving God. Perhaps in church life, you're not receiving, not that you're looking for it maybe, but that sense of affirmation that you'd hoped and things aren't going the way. But just do and serve and do what you can as if you're serving God. Jesus came that not to be served, but to serve and give his life. And that's a way of, of bringing out a new sense of energy and strength. Draw me to you so then I can run with you, God. Let's pray. The way I've strengthened my own Christian walk is to completely and continually remind myself I'm giving my life to you, God. The other day I was pulling out some weeds um, around uh, the site of the church thinking about, did Bible college prepare me for this? I thought it did. It did in more ways than one. But then I thought to myself, I'm doing it for you, God. I'm not being trite or funny. We have loads of people. I thank God for the amount of people in our church serving. You know, holiday season, yet this morning when Ian was saying about different people reaching out to the community, serving, and loads of people were standing up. Lots of people on holiday at the moment, but it was so wonderful to see so many people serving in our church, serving the community. I thought, wow, this is so amazing. It's a great place to be. So I thank God for all of you that serve. But sometimes in our lives, encourage yourself. I'm doing it for you, God. I'm serving you. Let's stand together, shall we? Perhaps if the worship team would come back, we're going to close. Spirit of God, break out. We're going to sing that again as we close. But perhaps tonight, we could just open our hearts and just for a moment or two, refresh our lives in our donation to him, in the giving of ourselves back to God. I don't know, have you been disillusioned? Are you disappointed? Maybe you've not seen the affirmation, perhaps it hasn't worked out the way, you. maybe at work something's not going well, maybe in family life, maybe even in our church life it's not gone the way in which you'd hoped, perhaps church people let you down, pastors let you down, maybe I've let you down, maybe another leader's let you down, maybe someone at work's let you down, maybe in your home or family, and sometimes in life we can think, oh God, but hey, let's refresh, let's restore our hearts before him. He came to not be served, but to serve and give his life. Let's give our lives. Let's serve God. Let's give our lives to God afresh tonight, perhaps, shall we? So will you join me in a prayer to heaven? Will you join me right now? Would you lift your hands to heaven if you can? And let's open up our hearts. The lifting of hands symbolizing the opening of our hearts. And let's say to God, we're giving our lives afresh to you tonight. Lord Jesus, will you see our hearts? whether we're lifting our hands or not right now Lord would you see our hearts what we're going to say to you is we want to give our lives afresh to you we want to serve and love you anew and be restored we want to be drawn to you so that we may run together run and not grow weary I release that in the heart and spirit of the place right now where we become weary so many weary so many weary into the atmosphere into the spirit into the fabric of this place tonight draw us to you so we can run together oh lord this has been a place of your presence and we say draw me to you we serve you we love you we honor you we want to give our lives afresh to you 
where people have been disillusioned, heartbroken. Tonight, Lord, come and lift up and we rejoice together in serving you. Receive our hearts. Receive our lives. Receive us, Lord God, we pray. I thank you, Lord, for the day you came into my life as a Christian and the day you challenged me to serve and just go for you and run for you. I I never regret that day, Father. I declare I never regret the day. Never regret the day that you came into my life. And so, Lord, we say thank you that you have come into our lives. But we now want to see a fresh sense of release in our hearts and in this place. We thank you for all of the people that give their lives to you and are serving you. But now we say today, Lord, be renewed. We want to be restored. The weary, released. I pray a sense of release in the house. A release in the house where we are stirred, released, renewed, restored. Oh, Father, draw us unto you so we can run together. I pray in families, marriages, marriages that will run together, homes that will run together, ministries so people will be running for you, renewed. Some of us will be running afresh. Some of us will be running for the first time. Oh, Lord, we say tonight, draw us to you so that we can run. In Jesus' name we pray. 